I'm Brooke Denefsky, and welcome to Charity Talks. In today's episode, I spoke with Dale Williams from Midnight Run. Midnight Run is an organization that coordinates over 1,000 relief missions per year in which volunteers distribute food, clothing, blankets, and personal care items to the homeless in New York City. Dale's own story as someone who was homeless for three years in New York City is incredibly inspirational, and I think that there is a lot to be gained by listening to it. Now more than ever with coronavirus, it's really important that people consider the homeless and what they can do to help. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and it leads you to wanting to get involved. I'm here with Dale Williams, Executive Director of Midnight Run. Thank you so much for being here, Dale. Oh. Sure. So, to start, could you share a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in Midnight Run? Uh, actually, my personal involvement started when I, about 30-something years ago when I was actually homeless. Um, I had gone to school at the University of North Carolina and messed up my life through drug use, ended up homeless on the streets of New York City. And one night I was on a park bench and some cars pulled up. Some people got out and said, hi, we're from Midnight Run. Um, could you use a shirt or a cup of soup um, or a blanket? Um, you know, after I got off the streets, I was volunteering at Midnight Run. And then I got offered a job and I've been doing this for a wh- quite a while now. So as someone who is homeless, what do you think are some of the major misconceptions about homelessness? I think there's a ton of misconceptions. I mean, there are most people try to put homeless people in a category, you know, that people are uh, drug users or alcoholics. Certainly we see people when we're out on midnight runs that are, have drug issues. Um, I mean, I personally, when I was homeless, was on the streets because I'd had drug issues, but I wasn't using drugs at the time. Um, We see people with alcohol problems. We've seen people with gambling problems. We see people with mental illness, which doesn't necessarily mean schizophrenia or something. It could be just depression. Someone loses their job, they're depressed, and the depression kind of keeps them from getting out to it. There are also people who just had some temporary bad luck. You know, they they lost a job or they were in a relationship and the other partner had the lease. And, you know, the breakup happens and they can't afford rent on their own. Um, So, I mean, I think, you know, there aren't, there's no thing that defines homeless people. There are people that happen to be homeless. Yeah, that makes sense. And how do you think coronavirus has really impacted the homeless? I know that there's a lot of people who've lost their jobs, and now there's a lot of people who are on the streets who haven't been in the past. So how has that impacted the homeless and Midnight Run and Midnight's Run's work with the homeless? Well, it's, it's kind of, you know, homeless is such a big word that people, you know, I mean, the, the majority of homeless people in, in New York City are people that are in shelters. Um, shelters are kind of hotbeds for homelessness, for uh, COVID-19, I mean. Um, so, but meantime, the people on the streets, for my experience so far has been, it's not been a, a group that particularly has been directly impacted by the virus so much. People who sleep outdoors by themselves are not in contact, you know, with people as much. But in the meantime, a lot of um, 
uh, service programs shut down. A lot of the soup kitchens, all, you know, they were all indoors and and crowded, and they, they just stopped. Um, and so we tried to respond by, you know, trying to reach out as much as we can. But in the meantime, we also, you know, the way we're organized is that typically, at least up until five months ago, um, a college or a high school or a church or a synagogue would be responsible for a midnight run. They would have the team and they would collect their food and they would collect the clothing and they would go down to the spots where we assigned to give them out. Well, suddenly, you know, it started off, the first thing that happened for us was the colleges all closed. Then the high school started shutting down. Then the churches and synagogues said, we can't have anybody in our buildings. So, you know, we've responded by now, most of the runs that go out are uh, people who were previously volunteers, but they're, instead of going with their church or their synagogue or their school, they're going with their family because they're in, all in the same bubble. Um, I don't, I go out, I went out this week, Tuesday and Thursday. I did not feel at all worried about the experience on the street. We've, you know, implemented pro policies to try to make sure that things are um, safer. Yeah. But there's the ride back and forth. You know, I have people that want to volunteer. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I, my wife will not let you ride in the car with me <sighs> into the city. You know, that's the part that would be the confined um, space. The one time that I did with someone that wasn't a family member, a, a board member who I'd known a long time, she rode in the very back of a 15 passenger van while I drove with the windows down, yeah. um, you know, uh, but on the streets, you know, uh, and I kind of miss it, the kind of contact. I mean, people, you know, used to shake your hand and give yeah. you a hug and all that. You can't do that anymore. Now it's, you know, um, I'm sorry, you need to stand on the other side of the table <laughs> And I'm going to hand you this package with the T-shirt, the socks, the underwear, the toiletries. That's what we can do safely. Mm -hmm. And could you talk a little bit more about Midnight Run and what it does and some of the projects in, it's involved in? Yeah, the, the, you know, the basis of Midnight Run, or at least up until five months ago, as <laughs> I said, was, you know, a group of volunteers. Uh, we go out. We would have 20 to 30 groups um, a week during the, the course of the school year. Um, and they would go to... Each one would go to four or five spots where you knew the homeless poor were and see probably 50 or 60 people and give them food and clothing and toiletries. Um, now it's much more yeah. scattered where we're smaller groups, so we're doing smaller spots. But, uh, you know, and, and it, the other thing is it kind of like for safety reasons, we've had to try to, we had to pull back on some of the stuff that, you know, beyond personal contact, but also things like, I mean, I used to, when I would be doing an orientation with a new group, I would always stress how important it was to give people choices. You know, I mean, yeah. I would say, you know, you dressed yourself this morning. You don't want someone to choose, you know, you don't want someone else choosing your clothes for you. So let's give the homeless the same effect. Now we can't do that because I can't sit there and hand this, you know, four pairs of pants for someone to look at, decide which one they want and hand mm -hmm. back, you know. Um, so that's, you know, it's a lot of the things that we kind of, built Midnight Run about, which included the kind of interpersonal, I mean, my best memories of Midnight Run have, don't have anything to do, whether I, when I was homeless 30 years ago or working here, or, you know, or going on runs, don't have to do with, you know, coats or jeans or sandwiches. The best memories are just standing around kind of in a circle, joking and sharing. And it's a little harder to do that these days. And then we, we have a separate program that we had to shut down for a little while during the shutdown because nobody was going for job interviews where we do like interview clothing for people who are mm -hmm. having 
job interviews. We started that back a, a month and a half ago and stuff. So we're still doing that, um, dress clothing. Um, but it's, you know, everything's different. But that's true of everybody's life, not yeah. just in that run. I think everybody's life has changed a lot. So. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that what the run still can do for people, and even though it's a little bit more restricted because of everything going on, I imagine that that's definitely really helpful for the homeless now to even have some interactions during this time of coronavirus and this time where it's even harder for everyone, I'd say. Uh, I, I definitely think that's true. I, I have to say that, you know, always when you're going to be in that run, you get a lot of thank you and God bless you's, but it's like been particularly true over the last few months, particularly during that, when, when the city was basically totally shut down. Yeah. You know, I would drive around, I had my stepdaughter with me and it was like, there was one point we're standing at the corner of 50th and Broadway and, you know, looking at Times Square, looking north on Broadway, looking at, you know, we're right in the middle of Midtown and we're the only, there's two cop cars we can see and there's no other vehicles and there's not a single pedestrian. Yeah. There's the two homeless guys that are sleeping in the doorway where we stopped for. And, you know, those guys were just like, you know, the only people that talked to them that week was us, you know, because yeah. the soup kitchens were closed. There was no, at, at the time, there was nothing, you know, and so it was like people were so desperate for, for everything. Sorry, there's someone else will get in my office. We'll get that. No back. worries. It's a small office. <laughs> no worries. And so what do you think? So what exactly? So have runs definitely changed a lot from what they were before and what they are now, it sounds like? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, basically, like, we went out last night. Um, it was actually some board members. But we all, instead of riding in, we would have ridden in one big van. But instead, we had, you know, four cars. Um, because nobody can really share. Um, and we gave out, instead of having a selection of things for people to choose from, we had prepackaged bags. And all it was was, what size are you? If you're an extra large, you got the bag that had the extra large shorts. You know, I mean, I would actually, the ones I saw, we would say, what's your waist size? So if you said you were a size 38, you got, you know, 38 shorts and 38 underwear with an extra large t-shirt and toiletries and a mask. We've been giving out since the second week of the virus. We've had, we've given out about 8,000 masks, I think, over the last few months. Uh, that's just kind of the ones that came through my office. There's been some mm-hmm. others that people donated, you know, that went directly with a church or a synagogue or something. Um, and those things and, and just had to hand out that. And we had to, we stopped doing, you know, I mean, I, I love carrying uh, hot soup and a choice of lemonade or coffee and stuff. But now we're just doing bottled water and packaged lunch bags because that's the way we can kind of hand it out without having to be in extreme close contact with, with people. Yeah, And I miss that. And I know that people who, you know, at least I have people in my bubble. You know, these people often are just, you know, on the steps of a, in a doorway of a store or on the steps of a church by themselves. Um, but we're trying to do this in a, the safest way we can. Yeah, I definitely think that safety is definitely a priority for a lot of things going on right now. And would you say that there's more of a need for donations right now? Have you seen more homeless people out? Or, I mean, I'm sure there's always a need for donations, but how recently? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say whether there's more people out there. Certainly in those 
early months when there was nobody in the streets, it was very visible because the homeless guys were just, and I think some people, I think, chose to leave shelters rather than be in a very enclosed space and, and be out on their own. Um, you know, there may be more people. We've, I mean, we've gotten good donations, but, you know, it's just that because we're only doing limited things, it becomes we're, we're going through very large quantities of certain items, you know, so we, you know, we're, we're short, even though we buy a lot of underwear and new socks and things like that, that we can put in these packages and not so much. It's, it's really hard to give out, um, you know, big outer clothing and stuff to, and, and give people without, you know, people being able to look at it and decide whether it fits. So, we, you know, we're not really short on that stuff because we haven't been giving it out, but yes to the underwear and the socks and the toiletries and things like that. Yeah, and also it seems like a huge aspect of Midnight Run, as you're saying, is definitely this idea of interpersonal connection. So could you just talk a little bit more about how important that is? I mean, that's the thing that really hurts is that I've spent over 20 years, every time I talk to a group, I say the most important thing isn't the sandwich. It's not the coat. It's not the cup of soup. It's the fact that we're out there saying, hi, how are you? We care. And that's still true, even though, you know, maybe some of, some of the stuff that we have is a little more limited and, and the contact isn't quite as up close and personal. Yeah. I mean, last night, someone I hadn't seen in a long time wanted to give me a hug and I had to say, no, no, I'm sorry. We can't do that. You know? Um, uh, so I miss that part of it, but, but we do still have conversations and still have fun. You know, I mean, some nights it's, the conversations are pretty abbreviated because sometimes it's just me by myself and I've got, you know, 80 lunches to get rid of by myself. So it's like, I can't really stand around and talk uh, as long as I would have at a, you know, when it used to be at a team to give out 80 lunches and we would go to bigger spots where there were you know, more people. You know, when I'm by myself, I'm going to spots where there's two people and four people, not, not the spots where there's 20 or 30, because it's very hard to get people to socially distance if, you know, if you don't have enough of a team to, to have someone kind of monitoring and say, no, you need to wait here. Mm -hmm. um, so I miss that part of it. You know, we still, but we still get it. I mean, people still know that someone cares. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Definitely. And what do you say, like, do you think that the team could really use more people and more people spending their time, like, especially now? coming on runs actually and participating on runs yeah but unfortunately the thing is that as i said nobody wants someone going with them so what we're trying to do is you know i just have been on the today arranging something with someone who is a teen who's gone a bunch of times with her uh synagogue or church don't remember which <laughs> um and her parents have gone sometimes so they're going to go as a family and it'll be a smaller scale run but they'll cover, you know, everybody they see that night is someone that would not have been seen that night otherwise. Um, so, you know, what we're looking for, you know, I'm hoping, that, you know, that in a couple of months, people will feel a little more happy about having someone go along. But right now, people really aren't taking what they would have normally said, oh, we have two more spaces in our van, come on, you know, and that's mm -hmm. not really happening. So, so we're trying to, to stick to more uh, people in their own vehicles or, you know, or very small groups. Yeah, I think it's really amazing, though, how you can especially see now when it's more important than ever, 
each person who comes on the run really makes a difference. You can the people who go can actually see the people who they're affecting and helping. So I do I do think that part's true because if you're going out and you know it's you and your family and you're um, handing out the you know and you're giving someone a sandwich, you know that that person wouldn't have gotten the sandwich. That person wouldn't have gotten the t-shirt and the socks and the shorts and the the mask if you hadn't have been there. Um, when it's always been we. But, you know, if you're in a big group with 15 people going, the difference of how much it feels that you made a difference is maybe not as apparent. I mean, it's still important, but I think it does feel a little clearer to those people. Yeah, that makes sense. And you were saying how you'd have conversations with a lot of these people, even if they're shorter now, that you meet. So has there been any specific people that have really stood out to you and especially has it really stood out to you the difference that you've made for these people i mean there's so many people who say oh you know i'm so this i've been wearing this t-shirt for two weeks and 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 thank you so much i haven't eaten in two days there's a lot of that there's people who who you know say you're you know you're the only person that's stopped to help me in you know a long time uh there's a lot of that but i don't think there's particularly anybody that you know i mean and some of these people, you know, or homeless people I've known for a while and stuff. And so they just want to, they're not talking about the midnight run. They're not talking about homelessness. They just want to talk, you know, yeah. I mean, that's when it's, you know, people are asking how my dog is. We usually have a, a summer uh, picnic where we, you know, get together with a hundred or so homeless people in a park and stuff. And my dog usually comes along with my wife and stuff. People are asking about the dog and my wife and, you know, and that kind of stuff that you would do like, like you would do if you saw a neighbor yeah. that you hadn't seen in in a while, you know, while you're walking in your neighborhood. Um, so that part's, you know, still nice. Yeah, and I think something really cool about Midnight Run is how it shows all these people, especially even like teenagers who are going on runs and younger people, that homeless people are really just normal people. Yeah, I mean, I always say that that's you know, half of what we're trying to do beyond the, the helping people, but there's also opening people's eyes because... You know, once you've spoken to Bobby, who's sleeping on the steps of the church, or Precious, who's, you know, in a doorway in Midtown, they're no longer the homeless. Yeah. They're Bobby and Precious. You know, I mean, they're, they're people with names and faces and stories. Um, and that's a, a huge part of what we're trying to do is that, you know, um, not just because of Midnight Run, but just because in life in general, if you could just kind of like not think of people who are, you know, we have a very large number of our volunteers come from very privileged backgrounds. Yeah. And so it's nice to have some direct exposure to someone whose life isn't as privileged. Yeah, and I think that definitely helps not only the people that they're helping, but I think that's really important for themselves and it helps people grow as individuals on their own. Yeah, and I also think it's helpful to the people in the streets just to have a a conversation with someone that's not just about you know t-shirts or pants <laughs> or something it's just like just a chat you feel like you're a normal person and you're part of society which yeah. you should feel anyway but it's not always the case i can say from experience so yeah i think that's really important yeah and how are some other ways what are some other ways that people can get involved especially now if people are a little less comfortable getting on going on runs what are some other ways they can get involved People can always contact me. I mean, you know, there there are people. I've had some 
families who didn't feel that they could go, but they felt that they could put together the kits that I described, mm -hmm. you know, with the, the toiletries and the underwear and the socks. Um, I have people uh, last week, at, you know, the First Unitarian Society Hastings organized people for the nights that I was going to make the lunches. That obviously has to be arranged because I don't need lunches showing up when we don't have people going down. There's, yeah. You know, the kids can come anytime, but the sandwiches can be arranged for a particular date. Uh, you know, people can give money because it's like we need to, we are having to buy a lot of stuff that we, that used to be donated by the participating churches and synagogues that aren't going necessarily. So we're having to buy more of that stuff. Um, but th those are basically the, you know, the basics. So. Makes sense. And yeah, what, what would be one thing that you would just like to leave everyone with who doesn't maybe is not as familiar with Midnight Run or what's one thing that you just really like to emphasize to everyone before we go? Well, I just think that in general, it's just, you know, everybody is having a hard time um, during this. But for those that had very little to start with, this has become an even harder time. Um, yeah. And as we, you know, don't not don't forget the, the people who have were already disadvantage before this started. Thank you very much for having me. So. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that now more than ever, it's just really important that people keep in mind, yeah, the people who have even less than them. And I think that there's still a lot that can be done and still a lot that people can do right now to help Midnight Run. I think that's really important. Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk.